world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, we got some rain. I can't wait for the sun to come out so I can go see if there's any water in the pond yet. I don't know. I've got a good rain overnight, so I can't wait to go check that. By the way, hey, Spencer, pull up the calendar before I forget it, okay? Yeah, folks, I'm running. I'm sprinting on the inside. I got so much stuff. I need about, uh, I don't know how long I need to get it all out. Uh, I, I just, I, I, <laughs> oh, my goodness, my goodness. I don't, I, don't even know, I don't even know where to start today, so I'm going to just try to trust the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit guide us into all truth. Holy Spirit, just guide us into all truth today. I ask you to do that in Jesus' name. Myra, get ready to pray a sin for I give because I feel that thing. I feel that clutch. It's like I burned out my clutch. It's like my clutch wants to go. It wants to run already. And there's some things I have to do that I want to get done before we get there. So, so uh, Myra, go ahead and pray a sin, and then I'm going to talk about the calendar real quick, and then we'll dive in. Go ahead, Myra. Yes, Coach. Um, the reading today will be from Psalm 24, 7 through 10. Go. Okay. It is written, lift up your heads, O G gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is the King of Glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Where is he mighty? Where is he mighty? Go ahead. Yes. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of Glory shall come in. Amen. Who is the King of Glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of Glory, Selah. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. I unleash resurrection power, love, and joy on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 Myra. Thank you. Let's go to the calendar real quickly here. Uh, i got so much I want to golly. This weekend... God wins reclaiming freedom and health through community action up in, is it in, uh, what, what town is it in? Get my brain working. Is it in Akron? What's it say on there? Help me out there, dude. I don't, I don't even know where I'm going. Akron. If, if you want to go there, uh, sign up. It'll be, it'll be really, really good. And uh, we're, look, we're looking forward to that. So that's on there. Canton. Pardon me? Canton. Yeah, Canton. That's Akron. Canton. Mikovitz wins. I mean, God, there's some good stuff going on. Okay, go back to the calendar. Um, some other ones I don't want to forget. Don't forget uh, Michigan Salt and Light Brigade event. That's next weekend up in Michigan. Dave Allison and his crew got it gone. There's a spiritual warfare conference, Crushing Hell's Weekend. That's a, uh, that's a, uh, Halloween weekend. Uh, check check that thing out. Uh, David Hevener has an event going on even right now down in uh, Louisville. Where are, where are they, Betty? Are they in it's in it's well, it's Louisville, but they're in Jeffersonville, Indiana, which is across yeah, the river across. from Louisville. That's going on this this weekend. If you want to, I don't have it up here. I don't think, or do I? Uh, any any advanced? Yeah, spiritual warfare training workshop down there. So, a uh, lot of things going on. A lot more things going on. Some of them we don't even have them all up on the calendar yet, but uh, uh, a lot going on. A lot going on. A lot going on. Can somebody explain to me this? I know you can't. That's kind of a rhetorical. How can we have so many churches and so little understanding of spiritual warfare? 
Why do we have to go to spiritual warfare conferences? Isn't that what a church is? Amen. Seems to me that's what a church is, isn't it? It's a spiritual, what? Equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Spiritual. What percentage of Americans do you think have any understanding at all of spiritual warfare? Did you? Do you? Did you? No, you don't. Why don't you? Because you have to go to a conference to learn about it. What an indictment on the church, man. What an indictment. There's a lot of reasons why. Right? A lot of reasons why. I noticed, Mike, but keep your hands up already, man. Do you have something you need to say before I get rolling here? Or is, it, or is your hand yes, just up? Coach, uh, I'm here. I've been gone mm-hmm. for a couple days. I've been gone for a couple days due to my internet being out, and I'm glad it's back. But I just in response to what you said about language, I've always believed if the Lord came to earth today, would he want to come to my home? And what? How would I react if he did? Would my mm. life be? It would be. I'd be fearful as how I could even speak to him. Yeah, you would, you would, uh, your tongue would cleave to the roof of your mouth for sure. And uh, got a lot going on. Like, Lord, show me where to go here, Lord. Show me where to go here. I want, I, I put this first because just because I thought I'd put this first. Folks, there are signs all around us of judgment. Uh, number one, Mississippi. Mississippi, pull that up, Spence, real quick. I'm not trying to scare you, I'm trying to show you that there's something crazy going on. The Mississippi River's running dry, folks. Scroll down. Mississippi River. Huck Finn, Tom Sawyer, Jim. Mississippi River's running dry. Scrolling down, there's a little video. It's about a 30-second video you can show. Right there. Mississippi River, folks. I got a shotgun, a rifle, and a full What's going on? Mississippi River's running dry. Colorado River's running dry. No water out in Hoover Dam. What? Mm. You know why? You know what the water represents, don't you, folks? What's the water represent? And what does the water represent in scriptures? Anybody know? Holy Spirit. Spirit Amen, baby. Amen. Uh Look around, see what's going on. Can I show you? Never tested. This is enough to make you mad. Never tested. Folks, did you know this? Do you know that it came out in, uh, was it in Britain? I don't know exactly. I could have it wrong. That in a, in a hearings in Congress, whether it be in Britain, I can't remember, which I got so much information in my head. Do you know it was admitted that uh, the vaccine was never tested to see if it would stop the spread of the disease? Boom. It was never tested. Play it. If you don't get vaccinated, you're antisocial. This is what the Dutch Prime Minister and Health That's... Minister told us. You don't get vaccinated just for yourself, but also for others. You do it for all of society. That's what I said. Today, this turned out to be complete nonsense. In a COVID hearing in the European Parliament, one of the Pfizer directors just admitted to me, at the time of introduction, the vaccine had never been tested on stopping the transmission of the virus. This removes the entire legal basis for the COVID passport. The COVID passport that led to massive institutional discrimination as people lost access to essential parts of society. I find this to be shocking, even criminal. Please watch the video until the end. Voor u, mevrouw Small, heb ik de volgende vraag waar ik een duidelijk antwoord op wil. And I will speak in English so there are no misunderstandings. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanisation before um, it's entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. This is scandalous. Millions of people worldwide felt forced to get vaccinated because of the myth that you do it for others. Now this turned out to be a cheap lie. This should be exposed. 
please share this video. They never tested it to see if it stopped transmission of the virus. Under can oath. Put, can we put that in the chat? Coach? Yep, put it in the chat. Put it in the chat, right? Do you understand the criminal liability, friends? You understand? I saw today, I didn't, I was going to copy it. I didn't pull it up here. Uh, they're estimating now, are you ready? I'm not making this up. They're estimating now maybe 20 million. 20 million people dead from vaccines. From vaccines, not the virus. Worldwide, 20 million dead. 100 million injured, vaccine injured. Paul, come in. That's right up your alley. It's more diabolical than that. They had a really good uh, substack from a immunologist that came out that talked about imprinting and, and antigenic escape. And so when you give these vac- uh, vaccines over and over again, it creates new viruses that nothing works for. So basically what you got is nothing but a huge disease state that's created throughout the world, right? Where you just, you're diminishing, you're boiling the frog. People that haven't gotten the vaccine will get sick and sick from people that have gotten the vaccine. So yeah. it's doing exactly the opposite of what people think it's doing, these vaccines. Paul, they admitted they never even tested it. They never even tested it to see it. Never. So I was, <laughs> so yesterday, um, I, I've got to be careful because I don't want to, I want to make this, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to uncover anything. But, I, but uh, so a, fr- a friend of mine, um, family member is dealing with Lyme's disease, Lyme's disease. Now, I don't know if you guys have any real deep understanding of Lyme's disease. I never, I never did. I had no reason to, right? <clears throat> I didn't. I thought Lyme's disease was the disease of the tick. You get it from a tick. I thought that was a type of type of tick. Take out. The Lyme's tick bit you. I, I didn't know. Well, the Lyme's disease comes from the lab where it was created. <laughs> Do you guys know that? Up in New York, Limes, I think it's Limes, New York. I could be wrong, but I think it's the town of Limes, New York, or the lab, Limes, New York. So Limes disease, which is ravaging American citizens everywhere you look, no cure for it. I postulated yesterday, that means I put on the table, uh, the idea that, I wonder if that's a bioweapon. I wonder if that was a DNA changer as well. Boom. How long's how long's Lyme disease been around? It's a fairly modern thing. Was it somehow did it somehow escape the laboratory? How did it get into Nick ticks? How did the ticks out here in Ohio get it? What? Jekyll Island. Huh? Jekyll Island? Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, man. So remember, nothing hidden that will not be revealed. I'm not doom and gloom today, okay? I'm trying to expose stuff for you so that you're equipped. Friends, if you don't take the information, I work hard. I dig and dig and dig to find find supporting evidence to I'm never going to bring to you something that I don't have pretty good validation that it's true or tell you I don't know if this is true. But I can tell you this. If I bring it to you, I've done some research on it. All right? Now you gotta you gotta you gotta dig it out yourself. You go verify it if you want to. But I can tell you this. If I tell you something, you can be free to share it with somebody else. It's it's not gonna go down some crazy rabbit hole, okay? And so we're in a process, we're in an information war. And uh, by the way, Alex Jones, $657 million or something. By the way, free speech. It's, it's an attack on free speech, folks. What happened with Alex Jones? It's an attack. Uh, if Alex Jones is guilty, what about all these people who told us to take the vaccine? Are they guilty? Hmm? Are they guilty? $965 million. $965 million for questioning Sandy Hook. Anyway, I, don't, I got drugged down that one. So I, I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to get there. Here's what's going on. Uh, which one do I want? Okay. This really is all over me. So let me get this out, and then I'll open up. Paul, did you have something else you wanted to say real quickly pertaining to this? No. Go ahead. Are you talking to me, Paul? I'm you're, sorry, buddy. Hey, listen. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. That's all right. Okay. Anyway. Good. This whole thing about Lyme's disease, that was hoof and mouth uh, for cattle. It, it was designed to diminish us by killing the food we eat, which that's no surprise, right? And, and it's I'm, a difficult thing to treat, but it's like the COVID injections. It's like COVID. It's all diminishing our immune system 
our energy yeah. levels so we cannot yeah. fight off infection. Your Amen. job is simply to do your job is eat right and stop going to McDonald's, that kind of thing. Quit eating potato chips. Yeah, and stop going to doctors. Amen. Quit getting a Mountain Dew. All, all that stuff I love to do, tater chips and Mountain Dew. Yeah, yeah. Sarah, come on in real, uh, real quickly. Then, uh, okay, listen, it was Plum uh, Island. Uh, hang, on, hang on a second. Uh, I love hearing from you guys, but I got, I've got i worked hard. I got some stuff I got to get to. Go ahead, Sarah. Okay, it was Plum Island in the New York, Long Island Sound. Thank you, Long Island. Island. Right. Long Island. Yes. And Lyme, Connecticut. Thank you. Thank you. So the disease is named after the lab or the town where where, where they where they created or discovered it or whatever, folks. Right? Ah, oh, I get I get so irritated. So listen, this is important to understand. This that the job of the devil is to create a divided kingdom, a divided kingdom, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. A divided kingdom can stand. A divided house can stand. I live in a divided house. We have walls. Doors. I can go in one room and my wife can be in another room. That's divided. It's okay. But I can't go into my room and shoot gas, poison gas, into my wife's room. That's a house divided against itself. My wife and I can't be shooting at each other and expect to have unity in our family. Doesn't work that way. A house divided against itself cannot stand. You with me following it? So this is so crucial for me. I, I got to deliver my own soul. Okay, so I'm going to tell you something that I believe to be the truth. And no matter what your first truth is, no matter what Uncle Joey, Pastor Paul told you, I'm going to show you something. And you're going to have to decide whether you're going to believe me or Uncle Pastor Poppy Paul. I, I, whatever, it doesn't matter to me. Because he don't know any more about it than I do. All right? I'm going to tell you this. One of the greatest deceptions in all of human history, telling you, is the lie that Jesus loves everybody. It's it's one of the greatest lies ever perpetrated throughout Christianity. And they go to the scripture and they say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, there's a qualifier. By the way, God loved the world and he loved the world so much that whosoever, what if you're not a whosoever? Huh? What if you're not a whosoever? Can I tell you the truth? When I was born, I wasn't one of God's children. I was of my father, the devil. I was. And until I got translated, adopted for the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, I, God didn't love me. He knew who I was, but I wasn't one of his own. Hey, hey, folks, this is so hard for us to understand, and it's so simple. Does God love the devil's kids? Does God love the devil's kids? Now, here's part of the problem. problem. We don't understand love. There's different kinds of love. There's phileo. There's agape. Does God have a general concern for everybody Yes, I would say he does. He wishes that no nobody would perish. He doesn't want any to perish because why? He has a general love and concern for everyone. But the Bible's very, very clear that there are some who choose him and some who don't choose him. And if you don't choose him, you are not his child. Why is this so hard? Why is this so hard for us to understand? And until we understand how... See, Christians have been taught not to push back and fight because we're all God's children. It's a big family feud. Well, it tells us in Genesis that there would be eternal struggle between the seed. Somebody help me out there. It's not real smart as I am. Somebody help me out. Uh, What does a seed grow into? What does a seed grow into? It grows into fruit, a tree. It grows into some type of thing that bears fruit. That's how you that's how you recognize it. You recognize it by its fruit, right? Adult. All right. 
So if there's a fight, if there's an eternal struggle between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman, somebody help me here. How are we all God's children? Boom. That's a thought. Right. But to see, that's the lie. It's been perpetrated. It's been perpetrated. Now, I want to show you something here. Because this is what you got. Friends, we all get ourselves in trouble, including me. Because I come to the table with a preconceived belief. And if I come to the table with a preconceived belief, let's say that God loves everybody, I promise you this, I can find support for it in the scriptures. I don't care what it is. I can find support for killing people in the scripture. You guys know that, right? You can find support, believe it or not, you can find support for homosexuality in the scriptures. If you take it out of context and apply, if you have this preconceived notion, you can find a scripture that will support that, all right? So I want to show you something here. Uh, I just did, does God love everybody? And it came up with, there's several, just, I love doing this on the internet, by the way. Just the phoniness. And I came up with Christianity.com. Christianity.com. Just real quick, I'm not going to spend much time on it. Listen to the malarkey. Listen to how they try to justify what is clearly an unjustifiable position, right? Because what? God's love. God's love. Hey. Hate to scare you. God also hates. (laughs) Wait a minute. Now you don't just hate. He hates with a perfect hatred. Bible says that. Does anybody know where that is? Spencer, see how good you are today, man. Where does it say that God hates with a perfect hatred? Where does it say that? <coughs> what does he hate? Trees? Fish? Dogs? Cats? Uh, tornadoes? Hurricanes? What does he hate? <clears throat> He's still looking for us. Said, Sorry, we couldn't find it. Well, go, go there. Psalm 122. There it is. Psalm 139.2. It says this, I have nothing, oh my goodness, go to King James. I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Because that's not just hate that, he despises them. It's right, folks, it's right. listen. <laughs> it's right there, right? Right? A perfect hatred. See, the problem is perfect love casts out fear. And a lot of us love, but we don't have perfect love. Oh, that's a boom. Vinny, that was a boom. Some of you have a form of love, but you don't have a perfect love. Because perfect love casts out fear. And by the way, there's perfect hatred, isn't there? Yes, there is. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? Am I not grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Some of you aren't going to be able to hang in here very long because that's not what Pastor Timmy Toes told you when you were 12 years old and you've been singing ever since then. Pastor Timmy Toes tells you God, we're all God's children. God loves us all. Yeah, doesn't say that. So anyway, let's go back to uh, Christianity.com. I'm, I'm sorry, I got to get this out of me. You may not like it. I got to get this out of me. What, what's the, what's the, the mental mental uh Acrobatics, they do. Go scroll down. Does God love everybody? Well, what's it say? Uh, well, go back at the top. I'm sorry, I told you to come down there. Well, God's love does not stop God from also hating and righteous anger. This is the wrath of a holy and just God against sinners. While lovingly and full of grace and mercy, our God is a God of justice and righteousness. Amen, I agree with that. All right, scroll down here real quickly. So uh, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Yeah, yeah. God loved us so much he sent his son. But if you don't accept his son, you're not in his family. (laughs) Come on! There's no doubt in my mind that most Christians read that question. The answer is loud and said, yes, absolutely. God loves everybody. The idea of God's love is repeated over and over again. The church is all around the globe. We are God is love. We see billboards promoting it. But God's love is conditional, they claim. God only loves those who believe in him and worship him. They argue that if God truly loved everyone, keep going down, he, he could not 
Uh, he went fast. He could not possibly send people to hell for not worshiping. Yada, yada, yada. So, look, I'm not going to take time to read this. But they take their position is, can God hate? They take their position that God loves everybody, and they create Bible verses to support. Out of context. You get the game, folks? You get the game? Do you know this? Do you know that before I was just saved, I was an enemy of the cross? You know that? And that God, God is so full of love that while I was yet a sinner, he died for me. But his love for me does not apply to me until I accept it. Are you with me? They're, they're lying to us, folks. They're lying to us. Now, just so you don't think, this is really good. Can, can, God, can God hate? He hates with a perfect hatred. What do you mean, can he hate? Because of all their wickedness in Gilgal, I hated them. Because of their sinful deeds, I will drive them out of my house. I will no longer love them. All their leaders are rebellious. That's Hosea 9, verse 15. That's we, but Coach, that's Old Testament. Jesus loves everybody now. Really? Deuteronomy says you must not worship the Lord your God in their way because in worshiping their gods, they do all kinds of detestable things that the Lord hates. They even burn their sons and daughters. They even abort their kids and sacrifices to their gods. Oh, it goes on and on and on and on. So when you leave here today, I want you to know this. You do your own research. God hates with a perfect hatred. God does not, we're not all God's children. Folks, Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil. Do me a favor, Spencer. Check that one out so people don't think I'm lying to them. You are of your father, the devil. I believe he says it twice. I believe so. I believe. I should have had that prepared. I'm heading somewhere today. Yeah, you're of your father, the devil. John 8, 44, 45. You are of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. There's the spiritual war. You don't believe him, but you're of your father, the devil. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So real quickly, real quickly, go to um, R.C. Sproul. God hates. God hates. I finally found somebody agreed with me. Found some, not not Pastor Timmy Tito's, but R.C. Sproul. They asked R.C. Sproul. God love everybody. Play it. When everyone is talking about the love of God and God loves me just as I am, how would you respond? The kingdom of God is not Mister Rogers' neighborhood. I think there are few things more dangerous than preachers out there preaching that God loves everybody unconditionally, because the message that is heard by the people who hear that is, there are no conditions. I can continue to live just as I'm living in full rebellion against God, and I have nothing to worry about because there aren't any conditions that I have to meet. God loves me unconditionally. I don't have to repent. I don't have to come to Jesus. I don't have to leave my life of sin. Uh, No conditions, no strings attached. God loves me just the way I am. He's glad that I turned out so nicely, and so on. But there is a sense. I've written a book on the love of God, and where I talk about the three ways in which theologians speak about the love of God, God's love of benevolence, where God has a good will towards everybody believers and non-believers. Beneficent love of God. God gives benefits to people whether they're believers or not believers. The rain falls on the just as well as on the unjust. But the most important consideration is the love of complacency, not the love of smugness, but what is meant by the love of complacency is the filial love that God has for the redeemed. And that love is directed first to Christ and then to all who are in Christ our elder brother. And that salvific love is not something that God has for everybody unconditionally. 
And sometimes we close our eyes to what the Bible says frequently about God's posture towards the impenitent. God, the Bible tells us, abhors the wicked. That's strong language. God abhors, detests the wicked who are impenitent. And then people say, well, God loves the sinner. He just hates the sin. But he doesn't send the sin to hell. He sends the sinner there. And so this is very dangerous stuff when we tell people God loves you unconditionally. You know, so we have to do it from a biblical perspective rather than trying to change the biblical character of God. God is angry every day against the wicked, and justly so. And his every impenitent sinner is exposed every second to the rage, the fury of God's wrath, as Paul tells us in Romans 1.18 and following. And But again, like you said earlier, there's no understanding of the good news apart from the bad news. Christ yes. came into be bad the world news. Well, be good news. that was already under the universal indictment for rejecting God the Father, for living in a, uh, a sense where the clear revelation of God, as you pointed out, Steve, was so made manifest to every human being. But our nature is so fallen that we don't want God in our thinking. We don't want God in our minds. And we want so much to win people to Christ that we'll do everything we can to hide from them the reality of the wrath of God. We don't tell them that every moment that they refuse to repent, that they are heaping up wrath, mm. Steve, <laughs> against the day of wrath. Yeah. Um, and, and, but people aren't afraid of the wrath of God. And it's because we're out there telling them, you don't have to be afraid of God because God is so nice and He… And it's Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Okay, you can stop right there. It goes on. It's good, right? Yeah. Boom. Boom, boom. So, so, so look, folks, you've got to understand this. The default position of the average, no, no, the default position of every human being, the default position is hell. Unless you repent. It, you have to do something to become God's child, to be adopted by him. You have to do something. When you're adopted, it means you used to have a different family. Boom. It's conditional. Do you get it? Do you get it? That's why we go to the abortion clinics. We go out on the street and I hear people say, Jesus loves you. I want a gag. <laughs> Because he doesn't love them. His love's available to them. But we need to warn them of the default position and the wrath to come if they don't turn. They already know God loves them. Heck, they love them. Their mom loves them. Their friends love them. Everybody they know loves them. So certainly God loves me. I'm just the most perfect, wonderful guy. It's, it's subtle. But that's what the church is teaching us. And it is not true. Pull up John 3 real quickly. I got, I, I got, it's all over. I got more I got to get out. I'll, I'll let you jump in here in a second. John 3. <clears throat> There's a man of Pharisees, Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, that sin came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God because no man can do the miracles that thou do except God be with him. So they're worshiping the miracles, the signs. They're worshiping them. And Jesus said, hey, dude, listen, except you're born again, you can't even see the kingdom of God. We're talking about a lost sinner here. Nicodemus said to him, dude, how can I go back in my mom's womb when I'm old? In fact, she's probably dead. How do I enter back in there a second time? Jesus said, dude, oh, come on, man. Except the man be born again of water and the spirit, he can't enter into the kingdom of God. By the way, that's where God's family is. They're in the kingdom of God. If you're not in the kingdom of God, you're on the outside. You're not in the family. 
That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say that you must be born again. Wind blows where it lists. You hear the sound thereof, but cannot tell where it came from, where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. He's, he's dividing the people here. Those born of the spirit and those not born of the spirit. And he's telling Nicodemus, hey, dude, you can't get this. You can't understand this because you're not born of the spirit. You got to be born again. You can't see it. You can't see the kingdom. You can't enter the kingdom. Nicodemus said, come on, how, how can this be? Jesus said unto him, you mean to tell me you've been a pastor all those years and you don't know this? Barely very saying to you, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen. And yet you still don't get it, man. You still don't get it. Hard hearted. If I told you earthly things and you don't believe me, how are you going to believe heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he came down from heaven, being the son of man, which is in heaven. And as Moses is lifted up in the serpent in the wilderness, so I'm going to be lifted up too. That's whoever believeth, that whosoever, that whosoever believeth in him. Not everybody. Conditional. Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that what? There's that guy again, that Mr. Whosoever. There he is again. That Mr. Whosoever. Who believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son in the world to condemn the world. We're talking about world, kingdom, kingdom come. Oh, I wish you guys could. God came to rescue the world, not the people of the world. To rescuing the people of the world is a byproduct of overcoming the world. Rescuing the Great Commission is a call of God for us to go subdue the world. And the only way we can go serve the world is God loved the world so much. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, we're going to go out and rescue the world. Why? Because God sent his son not to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. So we got to go tell people so that the world can be saved. The whole world be saved. Not just people. We're not talking about people. He said the world to condemn the world. That the world, the environment, the cosmos, Everything under the dominion of God. You ever heard this preached? And he that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. He ain't in the family. My love does not apply to him. He's on the devil's team. Pretty clear. He's condemned already. Why? Because he hadn't believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. This is the punishment. Light came into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. For everyone that, do, that doeth evil hateth the light. You see that, don't you? Boy, they don't want Christianity out there. They hate the light. Neither do they come to the light. Why? Because their deeds will be reproved if they do. If they come to the truth and the light, they'll, they'll be reproved. But he that doeth, but he that doeth truth cometh to the light. That his deeds may be obvious. Do you get it? When you are serving the Lord, you want your deeds exposed. You want everybody to see it. That his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. And these, after these things came Jesus and the disciples in the land of Judea. And there he tarried with them and baptized them. And John, and John also baptized. Go on, go on, for, keep going down because I want to go to the last verse. The last verse. Last verse. <clears throat> Keep going, keep going. The Father loved the Son and hath given all things into his hand. All things, not people. Father loved the Son and gave all things into his hand, which includes people. And he that believeth on the Son has everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. That ought to be the scariest verse in the Bible right there. And there are many people that you come in contact every day who claim they know Jesus and the wrath of God's abiding on them because they don't know him. They don't know him. Lord, didn't we cast out devils? Didn't we, uh, weren't we an elder to church? Didn't we do all these wonderful things? He says, pardon me, uh, who are you again? Depart from me. I, I don't think we've ever met. What's the story of the prodigal son about? 
It's a guy that used to be his kid. He fell back into sin, and he returned to the father. Now, did he love his prodigal son when he was away? Well, sure he was. Looked for him every day. Loved him so much. But the love of God was not fulfilled in the prodigal's life until he came back. Came back to his dad. Then his dad ran and put put the robe on him and put a crown on him. My son was dead. He's alive. We get the gospel so wrong. Golly. All right, that's off my chest. Julie, come on in. Good morning. Great show, Coach. Um, I was going to Proverbs 6.16 about, you know, the things that the Lord hates. Pull up, Spencer, Proverbs 6.16. These six things the Lord said. These six things the Lord hates, uh, low seven are an abomination. Right? Uh, I need more than that, Spence. I'm sorry. I said 6.16 and following. Yeah, there you go. These six things the Lord hates, yes, seven are abomination to him. <clears throat> a proud look, <clears throat> a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. Now, hang on. The last I, last I checked, a proud look, lying tongue, and hands were all connected to a person. Right? He doesn't just hate the hands. He doesn't just hate the tongue. He hates a heart that advises wicked imaginations. He doesn't just hate the heart. He hates feet that run, that are swift and running to mischief. He doesn't hate feet. The Lord doesn't hate feet. I hate your feet. I now use now. I love your feet. No, 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 no. This is figurative. He hates a false witness. That's a person, folks. That's a that's a person. That speaketh lies. Uh oh. And he hates those that gossip and sow discord amongst brothers. He hates us. Yeah, he does. And as uh, we just heard R.C. Sproul say, it's not the sin that gets thrown into hell. It's the sinner. It's the people who do this. Now, we have an advocate with the Father now. I received Christ. He paid this price for me. If I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Right? He cleanses from all unrighteousness. Not everybody is going to heaven. Not, I'm go- I, I, uh-oh. Not everyone who claims to be a Christian is going to heaven. Clay, come on in. Where it was pretty clear to me, Coach, was uh, the parable of the weeds in Matthew 13. And that was where they're tending the the guys that are tending the field, they come to the master and say, hey, there's weeds growing in the field next to the wheat. You want us to get in there and take them weeds out? And then he responds and he says, uh, verse 30, let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. I mean, that's plain talk for us. <laughs> Pretty plain. <laughs> and if he loves you, I mean, let's say he does love you. It still says, if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, you're going to be separated because he's going to protect his kingdom from evil. So so listen, <clears throat> they would know we are Christians by our love. Hold on. Can I rephrase it? They will know we are Christians by what we love. Oh, that went right over your head. Huh? I know you're Christians by what you love. Do you love homosexuality? I don't, I don't love that. <laughs> Sorry, I don't love that. I speak out against it. So they're going to recognize me as a Christian by what I love and what I hate. Come on, friends. This is fruit. This is simple. Jeff. I would say Psalms 5.5 5 and Psalm 7 verse 11. Psalm 5, verse 5. God hates all workers of iniquity. Is that what it says? The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Right. Psalm 7, verse 11. Psalm 7, 11. Was, was God drunk? Was David drunk? Maybe maybe David was drunk when he wrote this. God judges the righteous. and God is angry with the wicked every day. Janine. 
understanding the sanctuary um, that was on earth uh, was a pattern of the sanctuary in heaven. And all that show every bit of it was of Christ. And you can't come in any other way but through the front door. Um, and the other thing is so many so-called Christians get so excited over Pentecost because they say the uh, wind came down and gave them a different language. Well, let me tell you, the um, understanding, uh, the uh, if you understood the sanctuary, you'd understand what happened more importantly was what happened in heaven when Christ died. He, the Lord God, accepted that perfect, sanctu- uh, perfect sacrifice and sent that mighty rushing wind. That wind represented all through the scriptures when he was a, uh, when God accepted a sacrifice, he, he came down and, and consumed it with um, fire. Well, that wind was the fire, letting the people on earth know, I've accepted the sacrifice. <laughs> a tornado blew through, huh? <laughs> a tornado blew through and cleaned out everything in its path. Right? Good thought, Janine. Thank you. Myra, then Jeff. <clears throat> yes, Coach. In regard to Luke 8, 17, Psalm 37, 11 through 13, but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. The wicked plot against the righteous and garnish their teeth at them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. Hallelujah. Okay, so hang on here, folks, because this is another misunderstanding. The meek shall inherit the earth. If you look up meek in the Greek, I believe it is, it is the picture of a wild stallion. Without people... uh, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, right? No. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Perish means to run around unrestrained without a direction. Where there's no vision, people just run around. They perish. They don't, they don't know what's going on. The meek are the power under control. It's a wild stallion with a bridle in his mouth. The meek are going to inherit the earth. Not the ones who sit by and are passive and just, I'm okay, you're okay, I go along to get along. That's not the meek, folks. That's not the meek. The meek is a picture of controlled authority, controlled power. Those are the ones who are going to, those are the ones going to inherit the earth. Jeff. Coach, I won't say thank you, Coach, this morning. I'm going to say thank you, Holy Spirit. Last Sunday, I got some info. I told you the other day, got a school board meeting tonight here in Knox County. Got something going on. I just took a bunch of notes here this morning. I, for all this week, I've been like, Lord, what do you want me to say to these people? You know, I'm just I'm just waiting and waiting and praying. But it's like, I got it this morning. So I'm going in tonight. So, Jeff, listen, here's our problem. And this is one. This is the main, main thing I wrote down. I just don't get into it. See, we have a divided kingdom. We have a kingdom divided, folks. Yep. Are you looking at me? Half of the church. Votes Democrat. Half votes Republican. Now, I don't care. We ought to all be voting the same way. We ought to all be voting Democrat, or we ought to all be voting Republican. But the divide and conquer, see, and it goes back to what we talked about the other day where where we spoke about the the social gospel, the social gospel. I just saw this. Did you guys guys know this? It just agrees me, agrees me. 84%, 84% 84%, 84% of blacks, many of them Christians, voted for Biden. 84%. You wonder why they pandered to him. But can I tell you something else? 48% of Christians voted for Biden. Christians, 48%. A house divided against itself can't stand. So we look at what's going on in America. What, what's the problem? Well, Christians don't vote the same way. <laughs> they don't vote the same way. Why don't they vote the same way? Because of what I just went through here. They have I've a total, my notes total there. misunderstanding of the nature of God. Total my notes there, I wrote that down about the kingdom divided. And I'm yeah. going to tell you right now, when I walk in there tonight, five of the school board members say they believe in God. The superintendent says he does. And the 20 or so people sitting in there all say they do too. So that's where I'm heading. So Jeff, ask, ask them this. Don't ask them if they believe in God. 
or they know Jesus, ask them if Jesus knows them. Because I'm going to yep. tell you, yep. he doesn't know a lot of them. Pardon me again, who are you? I, I, I missed it someplace. How'd you, how'd you sneak in here? Yeah, you one of us? Randy. Coach, I think Clay hit a really powerful, he made a powerful statement there at the end. He said, God has to protect his kingdom from evil. Think about that, Coach. Think about the terrors. Think about the wheat. The terrors are, are not his, of his kingdom. The seed, they're from a different seed. The, the wheat is what he planted. Yeah. It's been, it's a seed of faith. It can, you can, it's an incorruptible seed, and, and that's a different seed. So what happens, Coach, in the time of wrath, at the end, whenever that is, the, it, the rest is burned. So everyone knows in a time of wrath which kind of seed they're from. It, it becomes very obvious. So, Coach, this tie this in with what's coming right here to our country, to the earth right now. It's going to be a time of wrath, a judgment, and it's going to determine who's who's who. So we're getting ready to see a big, a big, uh, a big judgment, Coach, and it's going to determine who is who. So Randy, who's side we're on. Would it be safe to say, Randy? Just thinking out loud here. That the wheat and the tear are different seeds? Amen. Huh. Huh. Yeah, who planted the tares? Yeah, who planted the tares? Wow. So this parable of the wheat and tares tells us that they're two teams. And sometimes you can't even tell them apart. You know what it says? Huh? Although you should be able to tear them apart, tell them. You ought to be able to tell a difference between a Christian and somebody that's not a Christian. It ought to be painfully obvious to everybody. And it's not. It's not because we've been taught a different gospel. Evil men have crept in. Craig, come on in. Here's a little rule I go by. Don't overestimate God's long suffering and don't oh. under, underestimate his grace and mercy. Don't ever estimate over, don't ever overestimate his uh, long suffering and don't ever underestimate his grace. That's, that's well said, brother. That's well said. Dale. <clears throat> yeah, that, that wheat and the tares, that's one of the things that uh, rocked my world on the, the dispensation of end time rapture because I see with them, them, them angels come and gather the tares first. Now, right. here, here's the thing. Too. Right now, here's the tear. The tear looks, I'm telling you, fine tear and wheat. They both will grow in the same field. Tear looks like wheat, but guess what it doesn't do? It doesn't produce fruit. It doesn't show me your faith without works. In other words, Lord, Lord, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, right? This is the difference. And evil men crept in unaware. Why? Because they look like Christians. They smell like Christians, but they did not bear fruit like a Christian should. So, Dale, so if I get this right, and I'm not trying to kick anybody's theology, if I understand this right, when the Lord returns, <clears throat> it's the tear that will be taken out, aren't it? You can also read that in the book of Revelation, brother, where it's, I, I'm not sure if it's 15, 16, I read it the other day, man, where he sends his, it says the harvest is ripe, send the angel with the sickle. And guess what? They gather those tares to be burned. They separate right. them, but they burn the tares first. So who's still there? Who's still there on the ground? Us. The wheat. The wheat. Huh. Amen. Interesting. Mark Trump and Paul. Maybe. I just want to continue your thought about the seed, Coach. The seeds were planted, right? Somebody said who planted them. But if they were planted in the garden, Coach, talking about the seed of the serpent, can a tear ever, ever, ever be a wheat? No. So if we have seeds of the serpent, they can't be converted. Oh, boy, Mark. Maybe that's why I said many are called, few are chosen. Could that be? Could that be? Well, if it's a good reason to it's a good reason to invite LGBT in a church because you think you can convert them. 
it's a good reason to invite the seeds of the serpent into your midst because you think you can convert them because God loves them too. But so that's Spencer, not what the Bible says. Hang on, keep going, Mark. Uh, Spencer, look up reprobate. Go to Webster and look up rep, reprobate because it said God gave you over to, to a reprobate mind. Keep going, Mark. What's reprobate? That, 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 that's all I got, yeah, Coach. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the women, but the Mark, women. A person abandoned to sin, one lost to virtue and religion. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Are, are there are there really some people unsalvageable? Whew. I hope not, but that seems to say huh, once you reach a certain point. Aren't they called tares? Aren't they just simply tares? Yep, they're amongst tares. us from the time they are born as a seed until yep. the harvest. They are a tear their entire strain because they're not a seed of the woman. Now, who can take a seed and change it other than Satan with his genetics? Wow. Wow. Paul, come in, then Rich. But with God, all things are possible. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Thank you, Dale. I needed to hear that. Yeah. So he knows from the womb, maybe he chose us at that point. I'm just curious how... We all become the stallions, the meek of the world. So we uh, don't because because Paul, I believe this. I'm doing what I've been doing. What I've been doing, I am doing what I've been from the foundations of the earth. I was I was designed to do this. That's that's what I. Amen. Why did Why did I get saved so hard and other people didn't? Because from the foundations of the earth, from the beginning of time, where there is no time, from the beginning of time, I was appointed for such a time as this. Amen. Thank you. This isn't hard to figure out, friends. This isn't hard. I, I I answered the call. I was designed from the foundations of the earth for this time and for this place. The phone rang. I answered it. That, that, that's it. That's it. For this purpose, right? For this purpose was the Son of Man manifest. Why did he come? He'd go and destroy the works of the devil. That's why. That's why he came. From the foundations of the earth. It was designed he was going to come and destroy the works of the devil. Rich. Yeah, I was just going to follow up with what Mark said. And you touched on the reprobate. I was going to go right to Romans uh, 18. And that's where, to me, God, had, he, he tells you the line in the sand, what the line in the sand is for, for him. If you refuse truth, he says, fine, I'm just going to turn you over to your own lusts and uh, turn my back. You know, it sounds like he turns his back on him. And let you let him let you just go on and party. Just go ahead That's and party. Right. But I can promise you this, Gene. Or I'm sorry, not Gene. I, I can promise you this, uh, Rich. He did not design things so that the reprobates would run everything. Amen. If you think like that, you're freaking crazy. Came to advance the kingdom with his people. I'm not mad. It just seems like it. Rochelle. Thanks coach. Um, I just have a little bit different of the opinion because in the other parables, when he's talking about the ground, that's talking about our heart. Okay. So if two seeds are planted, wheats and tares are both planted in our heart. We're both fighting. We're all fighting the beast. That's why we struggle against flesh and blood. It's our own flesh and blood. Um, So whichever one is going to win the wheat or the tear, it's within us to be both. Um, I, I think it's really dangerous to think that people were just born bad and there's nothing they could ever do to come out of it. I think that is nowhere in the Bible. Um, we all came from woman. We all came from Eve. And she that name means life. Um, that's that's really all I wanted to say about that. Gene, come on in a couple minutes here. Gene yeah, and Michelle. I have to agree with Rochelle because in John 3.16, it says, whosoever believeth. It, he doesn't signify if you're a tear or or not, I think he gives us our whole life to decide whether we're going to follow him or not. Because it's whosoever believeth in me shall not perish. And the hey, tear, so, so Jesus, yeah, it's, it's not a, it's not a big deal with me. Amen. Come to Jesus, just uh, come to Jesus. Uh, amen. Amen. I agree. Whether they were chosen or not chosen or selected or not selected or elected or not elected, just come to Jesus. Whoever will, come. Whoever will, come. 
Amen. We get we get our toes wrapped up in theology. Jock. We get our theology wrapped up in jock strap. Come on in, Jock. Yeah, we're born into a fallen creation, everyone. Examine your hearts. God is the one that can change the heart. We've, we're born sinners. He's the only one that can save us. It's all about the heart. We're told to go into our rooms and shut our doors and get on our knees and we pray. We ask God for his help. He knows. Amen. So it's God's heart. prayer. It's God's desire. It's God's heart that none will perish, but that all will come to the knowledge of the truth. But the reality it is, they don't all come to the knowledge of the truth because he gave us free will. Wow. Blessings. See you tomorrow.